0: Section 42 of Tales from Dickens. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tales from Dickens by Haley Irminy Rives. Martin Chuzzlewit, Pecksniff, and Old Chuzzlewit. After his first burst of anger at Martin's leaving him, Old Chuzzlewit, to Mary's eyes, seemed to, to grow gradually a different man. He appeared more old and stooped and deaf and took little interest in anything after they came to the blue dragon inn pecksniff threw himself constantly in old chuzzlewit's way flattering and smooth and before long mary saw to her grief that the old man was coming more and more under the other's influence when she was alone with him he seemed more his former eager self but let pecksniff appear and the strange dull look would come, and he would seem only anxious to ask his advice about smallest matters. Little wonder, Pecksniff concluded, that he could wind his victim around his finger. At length he proposed that old Chuzzlewood and Mary leave the Blue Dragon, where he said he felt sure they were not comfortable, and come and live with him under his own roof. To Mary's dismay, the old man consented, and they were soon settled in the architect's house. The only thing that now seemed to stand in Pecksniff's way was Mary, and he decided that, as old chuzzlewit was fond of her he himself would marry her once married to her he reasoned with both of them to influence old chuzzlewit it would be easy to do what they pleased with him and with his money with this end in view he began to persecute poor mary with his attentions squeezing her hand and throwing kisses to her when no one else was looking charity pecksniff's older daughter was not blind to his plan she was in a sour temper because the miserly jonas who came from london often now to see them had begun to make love to mercy instead of to her to see her father now paying so much attention to mary graham made charity angry and she left her father's house and went to live in london at mrs todgers boarding-house where she set her cap to catch a young man whether he wanted to be caught or not as for mercy the younger sister she was leading jonas such a dance that she thought very little of her father's schemes his vinegary daughter charity out of the way pecksniff began to persecute mary more and more one day he made her so angry by holding her hand and kissing it that she threatened to complain to old chuzzlewit pecksniff told her that if she did he would use all his intelligence to turn the old man still more against his grandson the poor girl was in great trouble then for she loved martin and feared pecksniff's growing power with old chuzzlewit and seeing that this threat frightened her pecksniff continued his annoyances according to martin's parting advice mary had learned to like and trust tom pinch in spite of his mistaken worship of pecksniff one day while tom was practising the organ at the church she came to him and confiding in him told all that she had endured in his simple-heartedness he had admired and looked up to pecksniff all his life but this evidence opened tom pinch's eyes at last he saw the pompous hypocrite in his true light he agreed with her that the architect was a scoundrel and comforted her and asked her always to trust in his own friendship unluckily while they talked there was an eavesdropper near it was pecksniff himself he had gone into the church to rest and lying down in one of the high-backed pews had gone to sleep and now the voices of tom and mary had awakened him he listened and waited till they had both gone then he stole out and went home by a roundabout way that night he went to old chuzzlewit and pretending to shed tears of sorrow told him he had overheard tom pinch the pauper pupil whom he had trusted and befriended making love to mary the old man's ward in the church making a great show of his respect and regard for old chuzzlewit he told him this villain should not remain under his roof one night longer then he called in tom pinch and abusing and insulting him in Chuzzlewit's presence sent him away as he had sent away martin tom was feeling so bad over his loss of faith in his idol pecksniff that he did not greatly mind this last blow in fact he had concluded he could not live any longer with such a wicked hypocrite anyway he packed his things and set off for london feeling almost as if the world had come to an end once there however he plucked up spirit and felt better First of all, he looked up Westlock, the former pupil of Pecksniff's, and found him the same friendly, clever fellow now in his riches as he was of old. Westlock was glad Tom had at last found his master out, and began at once to plan for his future. Next Tom went to see his sister, Ruth, at the house where she was governess. He arrived there at a fortunate time, for the vulgar brass and iron-founder who had hired her to try to teach his spoiled little daughter was, at that moment, scolding Ruth harshly for what was not her fault at all. Tom had been gaining a spirit of his own since he had parted from Pecksniff, and now, at sight of his gentle little sister's tears, his honest indignation rose. He gave her unjust employer a lecture that left him much astonished, and then, drawing Ruth's arm through his, he led her from the house for ever. It was not long before each had told the other all that had happened tom decided that they should part no more and they set out together to find a lodging they took some rooms in a quiet neighbourhood and settled down till tom could find something to do ruth was a neat housekeeper but she had to learn to cook and they had great fun over their first meal while she was making her first beefsteak pudding westlock called with a great piece of news an agent had come to him asking him to offer to his friend tom pinch a position as a librarian at a good salary who the employer was tom was not to know he was a rare mystery and ruth in her mingled excitement and pie-making looked so sweet and charming that then and there westlock fell in love with her tom and he went at once to the agent who had made this extraordinary offer and he took them to an unoccupied house to a dusty room whose floor was covered all over with books tom he said was to arrange and make a list of these then he gave him the key told him to come each week for his salary and disappeared still wondering the two friends went back together for of course westlock had to taste the beefsteak pudding ruth had supper waiting for them every minute westlock thought she grew more lovely and as he walked home he knew he was in love at last now the mystery of tom's library and of the banknote that martin had received when his money was all gone would have been a joyful one to them both if they could have guessed it old chuzzlewit whom they believed so harsh and whom the wily pecksniff thought he had under his thumb was a very deep and knowing old man indeed he had never ceased to love martin his grandson though he had misunderstood him at first but he had seen very plainly that the lad was growing selfish and he wished to save him from this he had longed for nothing more than that martin and mary should marry but he wished to try their love for each other as well as martin's affection for him it was to test pecksniff that old chuzzlewit had asked the architect to send martin from his house and when he saw that pecksniff was fawning hound enough to do it he determined to punish him in the end it was old chuzzlewit who had found where martin lodged in london and he had sent him the bank-note and won by tom pinch's goodness and honour it was he who now secretly made him his position if pecksniff had guessed all this he would probably have had a stroke of apoplexy end of section 42.